Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor and a special deal for our listeners of Karen Isn't Always Right. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan, or videotapes, audio tapes, or film reels that you need to import, you should check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name, Karen Isn't Always Right, when you order, you're going to get 5% off and a portion of your order is going to help support the podcast, Karen Isn't Always Right. All of those formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All your memories can be stored safely on the cloud or even a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AV Gear Guy has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media and they can accept orders from anywhere in the U.S. Don't forget to mention the name of Karen Isn't Always Right and get 5% off. For more details and to book, visit their website at avgearguy.com. That's avgearguy.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Karen Isn't Always Right. My guest today is Brandon Hobby. Brandon and I first crossed paths when he was my auditor way back in 2007. Pretty sure it was my worst audit in my entire career, and yet I couldn't help but still like him as he's one of the friendliest and most approachable people I've ever met. Next to some Cinemark executives, Brandon is probably one of the most recognizable faces, or at least voices, within the company, as he's played a part in many of the training initiatives over the past 10 years. It was a real pleasure listening to him share his path and why he loves what he does. So, here's Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good, good. So, uh, for the benefit of the audience, I know who you are, but do you want to tell, kind of tell everybody who you are, how we know each other, what you're about? Yeah, so uh, my name's Brandon Hobby. I work at Cinemark. Um, I've actually been there for 25 years, which is insane. I can't even believe I can even say that word. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've been in the industry for 27 years. I worked with a previous company before joining Cinemark. Um, and I've worked in many different roles throughout the company. Um, uh, and currently I'm in the human resources team where I'm actually leading a project to implement a new HR software system. So I'm, I'm working on that right now. Interesting. And that's the, <laughs> the scheduling and, and all of that kind of jazz that we've been hearing about. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, the, so the, the scheduling system is actually a separate one, believe it or not, there's a whole other team that's doing that. So I'm, I'm specific just on the HR team. Yeah. So it's, it's wild times. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell you from a GM perspective, many of us are very excited to see what's coming and from, uh, from all of that perspective. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So before you got into your current role, uh, what else have you done? So, um, oh my gosh, uh, starting way back at the beginning, you know, when I started at Cinemark, it was uh, a concession employee, you know, selling popcorn, sodas, um, and uh, I did every role at the theater. Um, I did concession, I did box office, I did usher, projection, uh, moved up to assistant manager within about um, I think it was within six months of starting, I was assistant manager. Um, then I went to senior assistant manager. Then I became a GM within about five years and took my first location. Um, I was a general manager um, in three different states. 
um, running three different types of locations. And I also transitioned to the corporate side of our business as well, um, two different times. The first time I worked um, in our audit team, our loss prevention audit team. I did that for about three years. Yes, you traveling were my around the country. <laughs> yeah, Colorado was a Colorado was a part of my area that I would go to. Yes, yeah. uh, and uh, <laughs> we can ago. talk about that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a time ago. Sorry, right. I'm married um, to a former. Then uh, I understand. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. You know that life. You I know do. How, it, how it is. And then um, the second time that I went back to the corporate side um, was in 2009. That's when I joined um, in training and development. Yeah. And I did that. And that's, I did that actually for 10 years. Um, yeah, I did I training and development for, yeah, for 10 years and just left it in September of last year when I transitioned over to do this project. Yeah, you were excellent at the, in that role. I mean, you're probably one of the most recognizable faces in Cinemark next to a few executives, you know, your faces on everything. That's, wow, that's, that is <laughs> very true and, yeah. uh, but very kind as well. I very recognizable that. voice for sure. Everybody's going to hear this yeah. podcast and it's going to make a <laughs> of, of uh, map and <laughs> all that good stuff. So, yeah. Um, I, it's funny, Dustin, uh, Dustin, who I think you and I both know very well, um, he actually out. told me one time, yeah, he gets a shout out. He, he told me once that he, uh, just loved listening to my voice on all the videos and whatnot <laughs> that I would do. And it kind of, you know, shocked me. I can't stand listening to my oh, voice. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't, I can't handle it. Nope. Um, but yeah, people would tell me that. I'm like, okay, sure. If you think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's funny. I mean, we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but you know, I don't edit these cause I, I cannot go back and listen to myself. And what's really funny is my wife, uh, you know, I do, usually I'll do two episodes on Saturdays. I'll record Saturday mornings and Saturday is usually the day that my wife likes to clean the house and stuff like that. Um, and so between recordings or around the recording, she'll be cleaning and she'll listen to my podcast while she's cleaning and at first I couldn't handle it I just couldn't handle it I was like can you listen on earphones or something she's like no they fall out I was like oh my gosh she's like if you can't handle it leave it's like all right if you want to listen to my podcast that bad so at least I got one fan right so, <laughs> so um, and she's the most important fan right that right. is exactly right exactly right she was listening to this so of course honey um, <laughs> So do you mind telling everybody like what, what theaters did you run? Where, or where were they? Yeah. Um, you want to talk about pre-Cinemark too? Sure. Yeah. So when I started in the industry, um, it was 1993. I actually started for another company called Carmike, which I think a few people may remember back in the day. Um, it was in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is where I was born and raised. I lived there for 20 years of my life. Uh, That's before like I Eagles moved out. Right? It, you are absolutely right. In fact, my parents who live, who still live in Knoxville, uh, shout out to my parents. Uh, they live literally um, just a few miles down the street from their, from the headquarters. What's and my mom would give me, yeah. What's funny is my parents live a few blocks away from AMC's headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like, and and that's what my, my mom will she always say, like, you know, I heard Regal's hiring or I heard Regal might have, you know, this like, no, nope, sorry. No. 
but um you know it was great you know i at that other theater um i started as an employee uh just part-time job you know um going to high school and then um got the opportunity to become assistant manager and this is how crazy this was you know so i i turned 18 and uh the theater had just opened there were only two people um in the management roles at that theater there was the gm and then there was like an assistant manager that's how carmike operated right the gm worked uh yeah that's it he worked five days a week and he worked open to close five days a week and this this assistant manager would work two days when he's off right open to close and then do some other support shifts during the week so they needed a third assistant manager to kind of give everyone some time off. I'm just sitting here <laughs> hoping executives with cinema are listening to this going, that sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a good idea, but, <laughs> but it'll drive people crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so they started looking at the staff and they were trying to, to see who would be great for new assistant managers. And I had expressed an interest in, in projection. And so I had obviously started up in the projection booth and was doing great up there. And, uh, and they're like, you know, would, would you do this assistant manager thing? And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? You know, what do I, what do I have to do every day? Yeah. And they explained it to me and I'm like, okay, let's give it a try. So, and that's how it all started. So I did that for a little while with Carmike and it was fun. I mean, it's a totally different company, totally different experiences. Sure. Um, you know, they don't exist anymore for obvious reasons. Um, but um, I was ready to go to college. And, uh, and so I went to college actually out of Knoxville, I left Knoxville to Columbus. And uh, so I left my job and moved to Columbus to, to go to college. And I went to a, a design school, actually. I, my major was, uh, was design. I was going to go into filmmaking, which I think is most, most people who join uh, movie theater companies have some sort of filmmaking yeah. desire. <laughs> I want to be a projectionist because I'm in film school. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Oh, I met so many people that were just like that. Yeah. Yep. And, and, it, and it's fair. I mean, we all, sure. had, a, we all had a shared... Passion, passion for movies. I mean, that's what we love. We love movies. We thought about how can I get in on this movie making experience? And Absolutely. for many of us, being in the theater was like one step in that process, right? Mm-hmm. They would make the movie and our final step was getting the hands on the reels of that movie and putting it together for people to watch. Yeah. That to us was like part of that experience. And, yeah. and that's, there were so many people that were just like that. Um, and of course I'd meet people that were, you know, they wanted to be actors, they wanted to be in the filmmaking side, directing or writing. And so for me, that was, that was my passion too, but I wanted to be in animation. You know, I, I was very artistic growing up. I, um, that was really where my passion was, uh, was going into that side of the business. Um, and I did that for several years. That's what I did uh, in college was study that. Um, but a, a, a big movie that came out around that time was Toy Story, which kind of revolutionized the entire animation industry. Yeah. And I remember our class, it was funny because our class, we, that's what we studied was hand-drawn animation. That's what we focused on. We learned the old principles of drawing by hand. Yeah. And I remember our professor, he came in and he's like, so hey have you guys gone and seen this movie yet and everyone's like yeah we saw it it's great it's fantastic he's like well the world is changing it's kind of changing everything (laughs) 
and so we're like, well, what do you mean? And and because our school actively was uh, a recruiting place for Disney for all the different companies, like they would come to our school and actively recruit from there. Um, but when that happened, all of a sudden it was like changed. Like yeah. they weren't looking for people with hand-drawn experience; they were looking for people with digital experience. Yeah. Like you had to know the computer and everything. And so all of a sudden I was like. Uh, is that really what I want to do? Yeah. 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 So it was, it was a weird moment for me. And uh, I kind of struggled with it for a couple of years because I had joined Cinemark at the same time, uh, just working, you know, part-time at the same time that this was happening. And so it was kind of this fork in the road experience for me where do I follow my passion and keep going down this path where there's kind of unknowns or do I go down this path, which is quite comfortable. I'm used to Cinemark. I'm, you know, I'm used to working in management and other places like that. So it was, it was an interesting choice. Um, yeah. And, and obviously I, this Seems is where awesome. I went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, I mean, I mean, that Pixar company is doing pretty well for themselves. So. <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, you can't, you can't, certainly can't live in regret. You can't um, no. you know, wonder, yeah. you just got to be confident in the choices that you make. I mean, I, I think everybody kind of runs into those crossroads as well. My crossroads was, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. And I was presented with an opportunity with Cinemark. And so it's like, well, I've been working in movie theaters for, I was what, 19 or 20 at the time. So five years. And that was when my old GM, Gary Prestige, uh, called me from Louisiana. I was like, hey, do you want to come down here and help me open this theater? And that was the moment I chose to make it my career. So do you remember who your, do you remember your first GM? Are they still with Cinemark? Um, so yes, I remember him. Um, he is not with Cinemark and unfortunately he also passed away, um, many same years ago. Yeah. yeah. His name was Richard Crockett mm-hmm. and, uh, Richard was a thespian. <laughs> I just think of John Lovitz when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, I think you and I both know uh, a person in our operations team by the name of Steve. Uh-huh. And Steve and Richard were very similar. Okay. Very similar. Very similar personalities and types of people. Um, Do they dress uh, the same? And that, yeah. Very, <laughs> Richard was always well dressed. Yeah. He, he he was he was a really nice guy. He um, he actually was a district leader for Cinemark. I remember him. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And when the um, the uh, the great uh, what do they call it? The great re- redistricting or D realignment or whatever. Yeah, the D districting. -districting That happened literally right when I started with the company. I think. Yeah, 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 same for me. Same for me. It was like right at that period, and uh, when it happened, Richard um, was asked to go back to being a GM since he didn't get a region position, and so he took uh, the theater that that I worked at was working at, which was Gahanna, Ohio. Okay. And uh, it's quite interesting because you know I didn't know any of the politics behind it. I didn't know person A from person B. You know, when you're a concession employee, you have no idea what's going on. That's how I was with Gary, because he was a former. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Years later, you know, uh, when I was in management and and would talk with other people, then then all the like dots started to align and the the stories would be shared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And specific to our theater, you know, it was um, the original general manager was Dave Mizell. Oh, I know Dave. Um, yeah. He used to run the theater yeah. I'm at now, yeah. actually. So, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, Dave uh, Dave actually was um, at Mill Run, which was in the Columbus market at the time. 
Okay. Um, and Dave was going to come to Gahanna to open Gahanna. And uh, that's when that whole thing shook out. And mm -hmm. Richard took Gahanna and that kept Dave back at Mill Run. And uh, uh, Dave never set foot in the Gahanna Theater until after Richard left. Mm -hmm. There was there was one day when when he stopped by the theater, we were under remodel. We were going from slope to stadium mm -hmm. and he wanted to come in and see how that process was was going. And I remember walking around and everything and I said, oh, you've never been here before. And he's like, no, nope, never been here before. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But years later, actually, uh, when I was auditing, I actually got the opportunity to uh, audit Dave when he was in Pueblo, Pueblo and yeah. Uh, we re yeah we reconnected when he was in Pueblo so that was kind of that was fun I remember when he opened that theater I think he came to I was in El Paso working for mm -hmm. Robert and uh Dave came down to our theater he was on the corporate training team actually for our opening and so I remember that's when I first met him yeah yeah. So, and I remember thinking I was still a, a Sam at the time or sorry an assistant manager versus assistant manager training and uh, <laughs> yes. And I remember, I mean, we were just insanely busy. And I remember Dave was just kind of milling about, not really doing much. And I was looking over, I was like, so that's just what a corporate training team guy gets to do, huh? And it was obviously, it was a few years later, I opened my first theater and I was on a corporate training team. I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's, I'm just here to, yeah. you know, chaperone and learn about the opening and stuff like that. But yeah, when you're opening and you're that busy, you're just like, yo, bro, jump in. <laughs> so, so um, Okay, so after yeah, yeah, you became a GM under Crockett. Is that what happened? Um, no, so I was um, I was an employee first, and then um, I got the opportunity to become assistant manager. Okay, um, it was actually kind of funny when when we were opening the theater. Um, Richard and I, when when we when he did the interview with me, he knew I had previous management experience from working at Carmike, and one of the very first questions he had was why don't you want to be in management with us? And, you know, I said, Hey, that's a great question. I, I, I'm in school right now. I'm, I'm doing that full time. I don't, I just want to work with you guys part time. Yeah. So, so I just joined just to kind of do something on the weekend. Um, but then this was what was really fun. So the theater opened um, right around the Thanksgiving period and um, it was great. It was super busy. I mean, this theater just was, I mean, this was the first, like megaplex, you know, multiplex that I, uh, 16 screen. 16. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was beautiful theater. Um, huge theater. Of course, you know, back in the day, that's what we felt was huge. Yeah. Um, and so being in college, you know, you, you take a holiday break, mm -hmm. you know, we usually end right around the middle of December and you're gone for like a month. Basically. Yeah. Until mid and so, yeah, you know, and so I, I talked to Richard and I said, Hey, you know, would it be okay if I work over Thanksgiving, but then I take off during Christmas, like a holiday break? And he's like, that's a fair trade. And so he let me do it. Wow. And so, oh yeah, it was really cool. You know, it's a, I mean, that's a big deal, right? It is Moving a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I came back from Christmas break. It was about the first week of January when I came back to uh, Columbus and I stopped by the theater just to check in and get, you know, let them know I was back and put me on the schedule. And, uh, it was just like the staff was totally different, right? They, they'd opened with hundred, like a oh, hundred yeah. plus employees <laughs> and all these people that I knew, all these people that I worked with all gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And so I was like, 
<laughs> yeah. And so I said, hey, where'd everybody go? And they're like, oh, this person left, and this person left, this person got fired, and so on and so on. And I was like, wow, it's like, maybe it was a good thing yeah. I left for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Let them thin the herd a little bit, and then you can go. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so, and that's exactly what happened. So, because when I came back, um, they needed projectionists. And so they said, well, Brandon, you know, you've got the experience. Why don't you work with our projection crew? And I said, absolutely. So I go and I work with the projection team. And this is the, the projection team we had at the time was Frank, who you probably remember Frank. And Carl. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Those were our two booth guys. And I'm I'm paired, I'm paired up with these two guys to learn from them. I mean, it's like (laughs) Jedi Masters training me, basically. (laughs) And and probably the epitome of inappropriateness, at least from Frank. Oh my gosh. I mean, it uh, speaking from my HR world that I live Uh. in now. Uh, yeah, I don't know how in the world. <laughs> it was a different world, a different age, you know. Different world, different 20 world. years ago, yeah. a lot more would happen than, than can happen now, for sure. Yeah, yeah. My, you know, I've got, I mean, I could, oh, wow, yeah, I could probably tell stories for days about both of them. Because their personalities are so different. Mm-hmm. But they got along so well, which I thought was amazing. Like, they were like a, a, a married couple, you know, running mm-hmm. that booth. And it was fun. It was so much fun to watch. And it really made it fun to be there, you know, because they, they really loved their job. They were really into it. And they're good at um, it. And they super good at it. I mean, that's why they became engineers with the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, it made sense, right? I mean, these guys knew exactly what they were doing. Um, but yeah, so, so I did that for a couple months. And then um, the uh, assistant manager position came, came along. And I thought it was a great opportunity. Um, and uh, it started, I started as an AM right around the uh, opening of Twister. Okay, yeah. And so that was, uh, that was, was such like a fun experience. Is that right? Uh, 96, 96, 96. Okay. summer 96, yeah. 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 And, so, and so it just, it went from there. I mean, it literally just, it was like a rocket from there. And I don't really even remember. Yeah, it's crazy know. how fast things move sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's like I remember when I got promoted to, to management. Mine was Gary walking up to me while I was threading a projector. It was like, do you want to be a manager? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess, you know, I was finishing school, you know, at the time. And yeah, then yeah. like two months after that, he was in Baton Rouge. I got, and I didn't understand how all that worked either. I mean, I'm just some punk kid, you know, and I'm just just trying to get by and he calls me one day he's like hey i need help opening a theater and it's like i I mean i don't really know what is involved but sure it sounds fun you know so (laughs) yeah and it was just it just whizzed by and then eight months after that i'm in el paso and six months after that i'm in kansas city again you know it's just it's just crazy how fast things can move if especially if you're um a little bit ambitious and you're motivated you know and i think especially during that time in the mid to late 90s you know, we were just building so fast and so crazy. It's like crazy. you want to move up you're going to move up you know if you just put in even a little bit of effort and you know and that kind of reminds me to, to go back to what you were saying about you know how the the herd gets thinned a little bit during an, an opening it's like man if you just i mean if you just do the fundamentals of your job and keep your head down and just you can last longer than everybody else. And, you know, um, but think about what you can do if you're really motivated and you really can do a good job. And that's, yeah, that's, I've opened enough theaters now that that's certainly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the, you can spot those people pretty quickly, mm-hmm. you know, during the opening part. Cause it's so, 
whew, stressful and like a rocket ship right. you know, when you're trying to just get through, especially just that first six months and you're just looking for anybody that'll kind of stand out and, and yep. rise above all the, the BS, you know, that comes exactly. Trying yeah, to exactly. You know, so. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, you know, kind of why they gravitated to me, I think so much was because I I had some experience, right. You know, I'd worked at movie theaters before and I kind of knew, how to address a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, and, and plus, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I also like just people in general, you know, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy talking to people and especially if they love movies, then it makes it more fun to be around. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, you know, I think why I was able to connect with so many people in different places and different roles. Yeah. Well, you have a, at least to me, you have a naturally sort of approachable personality too. I mean, yeah. You know, you walk up to some people and you immediately are like, oh, nope, sorry. But with you, I mean, you're just naturally friendly. I mean, even you're my auditor and I mean, not for nothing, but <laughs> you're like the last person a GM wants to see walk in a door, <laughs> but it's hard not to like you. You know, it's like you and Brian Allen are a couple of my favorite auditors. Yeah. You're just naturally friendly. You weren't there with like some sort of chip on your shoulder that unfortunately some, some seem to have for whatever reason. My wife didn't she's listening (laughs) she wasn't my auditor to be clear but um, yeah yeah Yeah. how long were you an assistant uh at that location um probably about um a year maybe uh before i became senior assistant okay um my uh I, i had yeah i had no desire to become senior assistant um you know i was going to school focused on doing that Um, we had a manager change, Richard left, Richard, um, he moved to, uh, Mississippi. He moved to open Gulfport, Mississippi. Another big theater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when he left, um, we got a new GM, John Johnson was his name. Um, I don't remember where John came from in the Cinemark world, but I think he was in the Ohio area where we were, um, but John took over, and uh, one of the first things that John talked to me about was career potential. You know, he mm-hmm. said, you know, are you interested in, in going further with Cinemark? And I said, well, I've never really thought about it. I've never really, you know, considered it a career. I'm, I'm doing something else, you know, as a career. And so he just had a great conversation with me and just said, you should think about it. Um, and he said, you know, you should look at becoming a senior Thanks. assistant first. And then you can decide if you want to uh, pursue um, something, you know, from there. So we worked together. We did the the training standard and uh, I got my practicum scheduled. And uh, I had uh, Lisa, Charlikowski was her name at the time. Of course, Shepard. She was my she was my uh, practicum manager. And so she's the one that came in and did it for me. Well, I was just about to say, like, nobody had any intention of moving up. I mean, no. you know, if you, I don't know if you listened to Charlie's episode, but I don't think he was really planning on it. I don't no. think Lisa, no. I've, I've talked to Arnold Hassel at, at length and we kind of t- we talked about Lisa actually at the Rialto opening and, and how she was almost um, pushing back against the idea of like becoming a GM at one point. And then um, I'm pretty sure my last uh, boss, Robert, I don't think he was planning on moving up for, I mean, I don't think anybody did. I, even Art, I don't think no. You know, no. it's just sort of one of those no. things that it's like, I think I'm hooked. And so I think it's, <laughs> it's the, a lot of it's the people. I mean, everybody that I talk to on this, uh, the common yes. denominator is the people. So. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, and I think the thing that sealed the deal for me early on was, um, especially at Gehanna, 
you know, I, I, I don't know how your first theater was. I kind of remember when I listened to your, your episode about your first theater experience, you kind of talked a lot about the, the people you met, how you gravitated toward that group of people, and we still remember them to this day. Mm-hmm. So like the Gehanna class of, two, you know, 1995 that we were together, right. you know, um, we're still connected in many ways. And a lot of those people um, had a huge influence on my life at that time. You know, there's, there's people that are still with the company. Chris Stebbins is one of them. Chris, you know, was, he was our concession manager at the time. Um, there were several other, yeah. There I were run several other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's several other people who uh, went on to work within the company that they're no longer with us, but that's where they started from. And obviously we talked about Frank and Carl and um, you know, the one person though, that had such a huge influence, his name was Chris Hamill. I don't know if you remember him at all, but uh he was um, um, our marketing manager. That was his role at our theater. And, uh, and Chris and I, we, we got along really well. We became really good friends at the time. And, and he really also kind of, you know, talked to me about you know, doing uh, this as a career, you know, going into cinema and doing more than just, you know, um, staying an assistant manager. And he actually, uh, he actually moved to, um, he went, became a GM he started at uh, Mansfield, Ohio, and then in, uh, went to Carriage Place in Columbus, okay. which is where Charlie's office was. And, uh, you know, and so I kind of watched his career progression, too, and was kind of seeing it from a different angle. Um, and then he jumped to a corporate role. He actually went to Dallas and was part of the MIT group. Okay. Um, so he joined uh, the folks there, and, and they started that management training program. And so the, the, the crazy thing is, is when I, um, I got picked to go to an MIT class, um, and it was the summer of 98, I believe, is when I got to go down there. I was there as a senior, yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of the, uh, the senior assistants got picked to go um, yeah. as kind of like that career booster. Yeah. And I, I remember going uh, that week, and uh, it was life-changing. I mean, yeah. it really was. It was an eye-opening experience. And uh, not just because I knew Chris and he was able to talk to me about some of the things, but just because I learned what Cinemark was. It really was, you know, meeting the people, you know, and actually understanding what the the vision they have of this company is and realizing that it's not, you know, just some fly by night company, but it's actually like a trajectory. Right. You know, and so I think for me, yeah, yeah. And so it was, it was that moment. And I remember coming back from that experience and, and Charlie actually, who was our region leader, Charlie said, you know, does that change your mind? And I said, absolutely. And so um, I got, you know, pretty much at that point, I said, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it did a similar thing for, I mean, I was already on that track, you know, and, and I'd shown a desire that I wanted to be a GM. I mean, I, I, th- I think if you talk to Robert, I don't think I ever shut up about it. It's like, when's the next theater? I, I used to, you remember, I don't know if you remember like back in the dial up days of internet, but we were technically only allowed to check our email like three times a day. And I was, I was literally, I would sit in the office and I'd be dialing in like every hour. Is there another theater available? Is there another theater available? Um, real quick to pause just a second. Um, Every time we mention Chris Stebbins' name, everybody has to drink. He said that the other day. Oh, yeah, okay. His name came up so many times in Dustin's. Uh, he's probably going to hate me for saying that. But, right. Um, what, it is, what is it about Ohio that so many people have come out of that region? It's yeah. Well, 
So, so I actually, I, I've thought about this quite a bit. I think that it's pockets of the country, actually. Yeah. There's two pockets. There's a couple pockets of the country. The first pocket is Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. that Utah market. And the reason is because, one, that's where Leroy went and did the acquisition. Yeah. And that's where we got many of the people that started the Cinemark, uh, you know, track. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's where Alan, our CEO came from. That's where Rob, you know, our director of operations came from. That's where yeah. Jeff, our director of operations yeah. came from. So, as well as so many other people that are still with us today. Yeah. Kim, so that's Alan. one pocket right there. Yeah. You go down that list. They're all from that, from that market. Right. The second one is Ohio and it's that Ohio group um, that, uh, that also did that same thing. It was like that pocket uh, mm-hmm. of the second acquisition. And that's where it just continued to just grow from there. Because yeah, we got Lisa, we got Chris, we got you know, well, so many Charles people. Else, but yeah. Right, right. But that's Dustin, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just crazy. I'll be really interested. Brady actually is working on that project that we talked that's about. That's right. I'm super excited about right. that. And I sent that out to a few GMs. So if anybody's listening, please do that. Because I'm really, I'm really excited to see, because we'll obviously see Ohio pop, we'll see Utah pop, you know. Oh yeah. And I'm just kind of I'm really curious to see all that come together. So yeah. Fun. And Dallas too. We can't, I guess yes, we can't yeah. overlook that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and there's just such a um, concentration of locations in some of those areas. Right. You know, so that's right. I mean, I remember when Colorado, when I came out here, it was, there was three of us. There was like my theater all the way up North. And then you had Colorado Springs where I'm at now and, and Pueblo. And that was it. Now I think we've got 12 locations. Yeah. Something like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, not as many as some areas, but certainly a lot more than, than it was 20 years ago. So that's right. Uh, that's right. Okay, so where from there? You became a Sam. Yeah. So um, the GM call. This is my favorite story. Um, you know, Charlie. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know you you just spoke with him not too long ago. Um, you know, uh, I remember uh, I had a meeting with Charlie in his office, um, and we talked about career opportunities. Um, and he said, you know, what, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Like, would you move anywhere, do anything? I'm like, honestly, yeah, I mean, I would. Um, but I'd stay in the region if the region opportunity presented itself. And so, um, it was January of 2000 and I get a phone call and it's Charlie and he's like, Brandon, you know, he's like, you remember that conversation we had not too long ago about, you know, going here, doing this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I got one for you. And, and I'm like, okay. He's like, you know, he's like, it's a great starter theater, perfect place for you to go. Starter theater. Yeah, um, right, right. He's like, it's in, a, it's in Piqua, Ohio. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a starter theater. <laughs> but it's a starter, yeah. But uh, it was, um, so I was in Columbus at the time, right? And so it's about an hour and a half to the west of Columbus. Um, and so I said, okay, that sounds great. I was like, I think that might be a great opportunity. And he's like, well, here's the thing. You're going to have to be there tomorrow. (laughs) It's every RVP's words, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That sounds interesting. Uh, And so luckily, of course, he was very flexible. You know, he's like, you go out there, uh, you know, get yourself put up in the hotel for a couple weeks and uh, just kind of work on the transition before you you move. 
I was single at the time. Yeah. So okay. it made it super, it super easy. Yeah. Super easy. I could not imagine doing that today at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I made the drive. Um, and I remember <laughs> driving. It was, uh, I'd never gone that direction before, you know, ever. So this was a, a new experience for me. Um, and I remember going into this little town of Piqua, Ohio, and it's just like every little town in America, you know, in Ohio. Um, and it had a little tiny mall right off the main interstate. And the, the movie theater was tucked into the mall, a little six screen theater. And it was, uh, it was cool. It was a really cool, fun place. It was old. The building was probably at least at that point, 20 years old. And this um, is yeah, yeah. So sloped floors. Um, I think it had all the original seats, wow. all the original fixtures. I think the only thing that Cinemark had done is Cinemark remodeled the lobby. Okay. We put in our Cinemark colors, um, <laughs> and I think we remodeled the concession stand. <laughs> that was the only thing we had done. Everything else was still original. So. Do we still have that theater? <laughs> we do not. Um, that theater was closed in two thousand seven or eight, I think. Okay. And, and we built a brand new one in the parking okay. lot. Okay. That might be why yeah. I'm thinking of it. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of sad to say that I, I worked at a theater that no longer exists, but. Same here. Uh, my very first yeah. theater with Cinemark isn't around. Actually, my first two theaters with Cinemark aren't around anymore. Overland Park yeah. in Kansas and the first Baton Rouge theater. Neither one of yep. Them. That's right. Yeah. My first theater is an yeah. IRS. I remember going to that one. To Baton Rouge? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been to that theater before we shut it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was I a, loved that theater. That was one of those like monster ten screen theaters. Like I remember going to that theater. I went from that from Overland Park as a ten screen to Baton Rouge, and the difference was like, oh, oh my god, this is a ten screen theater doing, you know, just insane kinds of business. So it was very eye opening. And then I went from there to El Paso, which was even more eye opening because then you doubled. Not only yeah, yeah, but. The attendance was just crazy. Um, I think Sean, uh, do you know Sean Holt? He's, yeah. I think he's in Columbus, uh, if I recall. I know he's in Ohio, yep. but I believe it's Columbus. Yeah, it's, um, uh, shoot, it's right outside the market. Um, Lancaster, Ohio, or something like that, I think. Uh, I, can never I think it's Lancaster, Ohio. So many people yeah, we've got confused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was great. My favorite thing about going to Piqua was... I met so many great people um, mm -hmm. that worked at, not just at that theater, um, but that worked for Cinemark. Um, and the first person that I met um, was Sam Geraci. Oh yeah. And Sam was the regional trainer at the time. Okay. Or operations trainer, I think is what the I term remember was. I remember when those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 David yeah. Ray Sam, yeah. yeah. Sam called me um, before uh, I got to the theater and he's like, hey, we need to have a chat. You know, we need to talk about this transition. I'm like, oh, sure. This is great. You know, help let, help me figure out what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the issue that we were dealing with was the, the GM. It was not going to be a type of transition that a normal theater would have, whereas the GM is leaving to go do something else. They were taking the GM um, down, basically, a level. So immediate opening? Okay. Right, right. Well, they stayed actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, they stayed and, and worked for me. You have a visitor. So, um, yeah, they stayed and worked for me actually. Was that awkward? It, I thought it would be, but it was okay. It That's worked good. out okay. 
That's good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Sam spent basically the first weekend with me, and we we basically reorganized the office, we reorganized the filing, we kind of just basically really learned you know, the, the building to yeah. kind of help me transition from Sam to GM, you know, to how to make that, that leap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. And yeah. looked back on that experience. And I just think about today, what we go through when mm -hmm. people make that same transition. Mm -hmm. And I think about what is the support structure, you know, for people that do that today. And so I, I always think about that. Yeah. It's, it can be challenging. I mean, if you've been around for a while, it's not that difficult. But, you know, if you're relatively new right. and you're going, especially if, you're, if it's your first GM role, I just couldn't imagine. I mean, I've had the last two months right. to integrate into my building. So, <laughs> like, you know, I've gotten to know every nook and cranny of that place. But not everybody <laughs> has that has that luxury. I mean, it's something yeah. Yeah. thrown in. Sometimes yeah. you're thrown into sort of the, the, the fire, so to speak, of it's, you know, it was an immediate opening situation and that person is no longer around. And you've got to just try to figure all this stuff out and hopefully the assistant manager team is on board which a lot of times depending on the situation that that's actually kind of a good thing because they're like welcoming for yeah. for someone to come in and make some positive right. impact but um, but sometimes yeah. if you're taking over for somebody who's doing an outstanding job and super engaging and personable um, that can be a challenge too especially if you're very new to the role and you're like oh my god this guy was beloved by everyone and here I am, I'm just trying to do my job, but everybody hates me, you know, or whatever it is that you have to go through, you know, to, to do that. So I've always been a big fan of like the mentor situation, mm -hmm. you know, if um, I always thought like it might be a good idea to assign another GM, maybe either locally or it doesn't even have to be local, but someone you think can engage well with that new person to kind of help transition them, so. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, and I, that was just such a great experience for me. And um, um, it really helped. It really helped get everything kicked off on the right foot. And, and just like what you said there, the, the managers were very receptive, right? They were so excited to have someone come in and, and kind of take over. And, uh, um, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was fun to be able to, to do something that was my own for the, for the first time. You know, I wasn't working for a GM. I was actually a GM. Yeah. And I remember the first time that it really hit me was when uh, Charlie came to visit and, and, you know, Charlie would walk around and, and, you know, just give quick notes and talk about things. But, but, you know, when he was able to say, I can really see a difference here, you know, I can really see you've changed things, you know, I could really see the impact you're having. Like those are the, that's when you all of a sudden realize, Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, you know, yeah. is this work? It's working. It's yeah. clicking, you know, <laughs> Gets you in the feels a little bit too, because you're like, ah, oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it, it was a lot of fun, um, but it was short. It was very short. It was um, just an 18 month time period that I was there, um, and uh, it it was really interesting because the the thing that happened during my time in Piqua was 2000 and uh, um, 911 in 2001, and I remember waking up on that Tuesday morning. And, uh, you know, the world changed right at that moment. And I remember kind of thinking to myself, what is going on? You know, what are we going to do? And, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting time. I had some vacation scheduled for that week, um, right around that time period. And so instead, uh, I, instead what I did is I went home, I went and visited my parents, which I thought, you know, it just felt like kind of a good thing to do. Sure. And, and then when I was down there, I, I hadn't been home 
for a long period of time in almost six years. You know, I left to go to college to Columbus and I would come back and visit my parents during, you know, throughout, we'd go on vacations and do different things, but um, I hadn't really spent an extensive period of time back with my family. And so back in Knoxville, where my family lives, it was, it was really just a, a comforting experience. Sure. And I kind of had that moment where I was like, I think I want to come back here. I want to come back home, you know? Okay. And so I, I talked to Charlie about it and Charlie's like, you know, he's like, you know, don't, don't make any kind of, you know, rash, rash decisions. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, wait this out. You know, everything's got a time and place. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, this is the weirdest thing about that is within a day or two of that conversation, the uh, Oak Ridge Theater, which is located just outside of Knoxville, opened up. And I'm like, that's, that's it right, right yeah. there. Yeah. And so I applied and, and that's where I went to next was to Oak Ridge. That's crazy. It was weird. Yeah, it is so, so weird. Crazy. It is so weird. But it was a lot of fun, though. Doesn't Jeff live in that area? He does. He does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I still remember. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you say yeah. He has he has family that lives. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I was actually on vacation during nine eleven, so I just happened to be uh, at my parents' house um, in Overland Park, and I I remember waking up that morning to my dad basically kicking in my childhood bedroom door freaking out we're under attack and i'm like what what is going on and uh you know he, he we go downstairs my my kid had just been born my first son had just been born when that well he was about a year old and uh and you know i remember getting downstairs and look watching the tv and like we got down there just in time to unfortunately see the second plane hit mm, and it was yeah. like what is going on right now and it you know i gotta be honest like what we're gonna what we're kind of going through now sort of reminds me of that you know, this world absolutely situation. And, um, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, we're all, we're all obviously having to adapt to a lot of things and, and, and change with, with everything. And it'll be interesting to see what direction everything goes, you know, but I do miss the people, you know, more than anything. So, yeah. And I think that's the difference, right. You know, um, that experience is very relatable, you know, so it was a world changing experience, but we were able to be together, right? We were able to do things yes. together um, after the fact. Um, and I, cause I remember, you know, the, our business, I mean, we, we started experiencing kind of a, a resurgence after uh -huh. that, you know, mm -hmm. people wanted uh, escapism. And I, cause I remember, you know, some of the titles we had, you know, you know, Spider-Man, Potter, that today are classics. You know, they were coming out at that time and people wanted to see them to get away and not, you know, not have to think about that stuff. Yeah, that's my hope for what's going to happen soon. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so after 18 months, you went to Oak Ridge. Um, and this was following uh, an existing GM. Um, the GM went to a different location um, in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And this was that situation you actually just described where the GM was very well liked, mm -hmm. very well liked. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had to follow him. And I thought I was, a like you said, I thought I was a well, you know, like people in, like liked me or like they dude, naturally yeah. grabbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> These, those managers hated me. They, I, I, I don't know why, but we spent probably the first year 
just kind of like this, just always just at each other. And I don't know why. I, I still to this day look back on it and try my best to relive the, the, what I did wrong, what could I yeah. have done better. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I don't know if it was just me being young um, and just cocky and just coming yeah. in there and just, you know, saying, you know, I, I'm coming from the Northeast region, you know, what do you know, you know? So it, it was, it could have been some of that, but um, they, they definitely pushed back. And in fact, I remember I actually got a call from my region leader and cause he had gotten a couple of calls and emails from them. And he's like, what are, what are these people, what's going on, you know? And so it was, it was tough. It was really tough just to kind of find that balance. But the transition we made though, almost to the, to the point that when I left that theater, I mean, we were, I mean, we were like friends. I mean, we yeah. just got to get, we got together so well. We, we all really enjoyed working with each other and it was, it was difficult to leave, but yeah, that's how much it swung right yeah. in that period of time. It's hard not to let that kind of thing fuck with your psyche a little bit like as a GM I right. mean you're the leader and you're you're supposed to be confident and you're supposed to you know everything should, should be going well if you're doing your job right and when when you get that when you receive that kind of pushback it can be I mean I I've been very arrogant in my younger years and I probably still am to a degree I think I don't know I think it comes with the territory sometimes in that position a little bit but I've as I've yeah. grown older I've tried to become more humble um yeah but it's really hard not to get a little self-conscious and think that you're doing something wrong. And maybe you are, maybe it's just, you just got to adapt to them, you know? And I've tried to do that over the years is adapt to the team, not make the team adapt to me. <clears throat> um, but I remember I took over uh, Boulder. Um, I ran Boulder twice. And when I came back the second time, you know, this team had been working for, for this one GM and, um, <laughs> And uh, they were accustomed to a, a certain expectation and standard that was not as high as my expectation or standard. So when I implemented my own things, it didn't bode well. Uh, for I, So I turned over like, I don't know, 65, 70% of my management team in the first three months. You know, it's like, oh, I mean, that's man. just so hard. And then when you see all these people, yeah. you see this mass exodus, you're like, what am I doing wrong? You know, right. but you just got to have the confidence to move forward and, you know, make the changes that you can make and hope that it all works out. And I think ultimately it does for a lot of people, but I've seen yeah. some GMs who've taken over locations and it just, it just no, nothing they can do. Will yeah. Work. Yeah. So. I've, uh, yeah. And, and that, that same thing I've, I've watched it happen too. Um, and it's unfortunate because a lot of times you, you'll, you'll try to say things to them, give them kind of the, the warning, you know, Hey, be on the lookout for this, watch out for this. There's, there's something, there's a pitfall, there's a trap here that you're going to fall into. Yeah. And, and they just feel like they can do it. Right. They're like, no, no, I got it. I can handle it. I'll be able to come out of this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, bad audit hits, bad customer service, you know, region leader visit hits, like all these things that pile up on them. Yeah. It is, it really is. And they can't get out from underneath it. And before they know it, they're spiraling. It just, it just gets out of control. Yeah, that's rough. I know <clears throat> there's a theater in Florida uh, that a good friend of mine runs now, but prior to, to them getting there, I mean, it cycled through like three or four GMs, like one a year for a little while. And, it's just, and, and it was, you know, the team that was there, they're very ingrained and just couldn't not get on board with any GM. I think that's good now, but for a little while there, and it was the same thing when I went to Danville, California, 
<clears throat> I remember Kim Phillips called me up and he's like, I'd applied for it. And he's like, so here's everything that's wrong. Do you still, <laughs> do you still want it? And I was like, it was going to be my second theater. I was like, yeah, I want it. He goes, why don't you take a couple days <laughs> to think about it and then tell me. And I was like, I don't need any time to think about it. I mean, you know, I'm young and cocky. It's like, I don't need any time to think about this. I'm ready to go. He's like, all right. And then man, probably the hardest theater I ever ran. Now, like you talk to, if you talk to Ada, Ada's like, I don't know what the big deal about Danville was. And it's like, eh, try running it in 99. Tell me what you think. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how long were you in Oak Ridge? <clears throat> uh, I stayed for three years. Okay. Um, and I will tell you that uh, I, that was the longest, obviously, that I'd been anywhere as a GM. You know, I'd stayed in Columbus for five years, but kind of did different roles, right, right. while I was at the theater. This was the longest time that I'd been in a specific location in that single role. And I definitely was feeling an itch. Like I was definitely like toward the end of that three year period. I was like, there is something I, I, I want to do something, you know? And um, I was really interested in going to Texas. Like okay. that was like on the radar. I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I'm, I want to get into Texas. I want to get into, you know, in the corporate structure somehow. And if I'm going to do that, I'm probably going to have to be in the market, right? I'm going to have to be nearby so that I can get the attention so mm -hmm. that I can get into the, that area. And, uh, and so I started looking at Dallas theater openings and I found one and it was Cedar Hill, Texas, mm -hmm. which is just south of Dallas, actually. And uh, I didn't get it. I was passed over um, and I was okay with it. Yeah. Um, and I found out years later that the person that got it is a really good friend of mine now. She's actually one of our RVPs. So oh, okay. <laughs> I was okay with it, you know, I was like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it was a good lesson for me because I was, again, to your point, you know, you, you're young, you're arrogant, you're feeling like, oh, I could go anywhere and I can do anything. Mm -hmm. And it kind of stops you and you're like, All right, you need to think about this, you know, it's rethink your... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I was getting audited and uh, Sam Dracy was my auditor at the time. <laughs> and Sam and I were talking and we were chatting. And, and so I asked Sam about his transition that he'd gone through because he'd gone from this region operations person doing the training to then moving into auditing. And, and we talked about it a little bit and, and it just seemed like a fascinating experience, right? To be able to go and take on that opportunity. And so Sam said, if you're interested, I know they're looking for auditors. They're needing people, you know, as the company is growing, we need these people. And, and I said, okay. And so I reached out to the person who was running that, that team at the time, his name's Danny, who runs our security now. Yeah. And he said, well, he's like, we do have an opportunity in Houston. If you're interested in relocating to Houston, I can come talk to you. And I said, absolutely, let's talk about it. And so he came to the theater. He visited with me. Um, freaked all my managers out, of course, because you know, <laughs> he's there visiting. <laughs> They're like, why is this person here? Why is he here to talk to you? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I remember his conversation with me. It was funny because he didn't want to talk in the office. He said, let's go talk somewhere other than the office. And I said, oh, yeah, I said, why? You know, he's like, well, 
I don't want your other managers to kind of be coming in and out and, you know, and kind of, you know, if we kind of have some privacy, we can go talk somewhere else. So we, so we went into one of the birthday party rooms that we had under one of the auditoriums and we went in there and chatted. Um, and, and I think, you know, Danny, he, he talked to different people. I think he talked to Charlie and I think he talked to Mike, you know, my region leader at the time. So he'd gotten kind of the, the lay of the land already. And he understood. Yeah. And I think he was ready to, to go ahead and give me the opportunity, but he wanted to make sure that I knew what I was about to step into. Right. And so all those questions were really about, you understand what you're about to do. Mm -hmm. You understand what you're committing to. Yeah. And, and for me, I kind of did, kind of didn't, you know, it was like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, and I remember uh, the, the words though, that Danny um, spoke to me about the position was, you're going to need to have an exit plan. Hmm. You're going to need to have, a plan B in about two to three years yeah. because you're not going to want to do That's this in a life cycle for an auditor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and I, I thought, okay, that sounds interesting then, you know, I'll go, I'll do this for a couple of years and some other great GM position or opportunity will present itself and I'll go from there. Um, and so I did, I, I relocated to Houston and uh, that's where my, my Texas life began. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a rough life, man. I mean, <clears throat> you know, obviously my my wife is a former auditor and then one of her best friends and a good friend of mine is also a former auditor, Natalie. Um, you know, yeah. and Sean I'm friends with, he used to be an auditor. Like I, I know a bunch for Angela, you know. And uh so I've heard pretty much anything and everything you can hear about that that department. And I mean at the travel, I couldn't imagine if Ashley and yeah. I were married now, like married and she was still an auditor, I'd be like, my God, I mean, yeah. I'd like to see yeah. her face more than twice a week. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's actually what's, that's what's really interesting about it is my, so my, um, my fiance and I, um, we lived in, a, we were in Knoxville together and um, she moved with me to Houston um, and we actually uh, got married just shortly after we moved to Houston. And so that's how we started off our first year of marriage. It was me traveling. Yeah. <laughs> four four days crazy. a week. That's crazy. <laughs> Ashley and I were already long distance. So we, you know, Skype was an amazing technology. And so we just kept, yeah. you know, it was already long distance. So we just, you know, instead of talking yeah. on Skype while she was at her apartment, we talked while she was at a hotel. It's like, you know, whatever. But, <clears throat> you know, if any, if it had been any time before Skype, I don't know how, how we would have done it. Yeah. 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 But, so how, um, do you remember, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, do you remember uh, the audit score that you gave me? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm putting you on the spot. I couldn't imagine that you would. I don't even know if I do. Um, but I think it was, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the number, but it was <laughs> a lower number than probably what you wanted um, or expected. Yeah. It may have had a four in front of it, I think, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was, it was low. Was I, was I in Fort Collins when you audited me or in, in Boulder? I think Boulder. I think you, you had, um, you had just taken over the Boulder location. Um, we had just purchased the Century locations yeah. um, in 2006. And I think this was one of the first builds right yeah. after yeah. we had uh, done the acquisition. Yeah, I remember my, I don't know yeah. if you were my first audit, but I do remember that first one was really, really low. I mean, Boulder's just a tough, I could say you're making excuses. It was. Today, but <clears throat> it's definitely a tough one. Did you find, and you can be honest, did you find that I was a difficult GM to audit? 
Um, no, no, I, I, I got along with you really well, pers yeah. personality-wise, yeah. and I think that's that's the one thing that I always enjoyed about the audit process was I was able to differentiate the GM from the building. You know, like uh, the GM is a completely separate component of that process. And a lot of times what I would try to do is separate the GM from it because I needed to really focus on the building. Yeah. The building is what we're there to really audit. Not and yes, the GM is a, yeah, it, there is a component of that that ends up in there at some point because the GM ultimately has responsibility. But if the GM is, is like you could trust them. Like if I talk to the GM and I can trust that person, then I know that even though there are mistakes, even though there are things that have to be corrected and, and worked on, that it's not out of maliciousness. There's no, right. you know, like you could sense where I was right in that face to face where we're talking with each other. I knew that they were just lying right to my face. Like I could tell just yeah. because the way that our personalities would conflict. Right. And so I immediately knew like, that's what put the, the flag up in my, in my mind. And, and sure enough, that's how it would all, it would always be that way. And I, so I think that's why I um, enjoyed the process so much was because I learned a lot about how, you know, the theater really should operate. I learned the right from the wrong, but then I also learned how to talk to people, not just managers, but even like guests at the same way, how to just communicate with them and read body language how to, um, you know, look for those slight ticks and cues that they would yeah. give off. Um, you know, I mean, that, that to me was such a great experience. Um, and it really helped me, I think, uh, learn how to interact more with people. Yeah, I find the audit process now, I mean, obviously it's vastly different than it was when you were auditing. Um, and to a degree, it's much less stressful. Um, I think I'm also just older and more experienced in my position and I know my own abilities and things like that. I know kind of, I know the, the, the uh, operation that I have, but in the earlier days, Oh my gosh, I used to get so stressed out by it. And <clears throat> I think Paul used to be kind of scared of me because I would get very amped up about something. If I really firmly believed like I, cause that back in the day when we had to argue for the points back and, you know, that there was a certain score that was the threshold between like kind of one bon bonus opportunity and another. And man, I would get like super, super worked up and not argumentative at, like necessarily with him, but just more like, I'm not angry with you. I'm angry with the situation. I'm angry because, right. you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but now the, the process, process. Yeah. 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 It's the process. Actually, you know, you could probably survey a hundred GMs and probably 98% of them would say they hate the audit, but it, I actually like the audit to the, to the degree that it, it helps keep everybody focused on like what's right. important and gives some structure. I like structure and I think it gives structure to everything and what we need to be, you know, really. And just, uh, Give structure everything and just kind of you know guides our focus uh, focus on things. So, um, so you were if that was two thousand seven, you were probably an auditor for a couple of years, two and a half years. Yeah, right? I I I, um, I moved to Texas in January of two thousand five, and I stayed until <clears throat> fall of two thousand seven. I think okay. is when I made the transition back uh, back to theater GM. 
Yeah. So I might have been one of your last audits as an auditor if I opened. I think you were. I actually, yeah, you were because I remember that was my last trip that I got to make was to Colorado. Mm-hmm. I thought, which I thought was because I loved going to Colorado. It was such a beautiful place, and it was my first time that I'd ever gone to Boulder actually, because yeah. I would always I would always fly into uh, Denver. Mm-hmm. or Colorado Springs. That's usually where I'd go into uh, to travel uh, to those areas. Um, I'd never gone north. And okay. so Boulder was my the first time that I got to go up north. And I was really excited about that. And it was worth it. It was such yeah. a beautiful place. Great place to visit. I wouldn't live there if I were you. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good, good advice. Thank you. <laughs> so what, what theater did you take after, after auditing? Uh, I, well, since I was living in the Houston market, um, I got the opportunity to stay in Houston and I took over Cypress, Texas, oh, yeah. Yeah. which is just outside of Houston. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was great. I, um, the region leader of that market, um, we, we communicated quite often as an auditor, I would always audit their theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one conversation we had one time was, uh, you know, she asked me if I was ever interested in going back to being a GM. And I said, yeah, I mean, I think the right opportunity, if it presents itself, I'd love that chance. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, if you ever come across something like that, I said, just keep me in mind. I'd love to be able to, you know, to stay here and, and work here. Have that exit. And, uh, and it, that's right. <laughs> and it did. It, it did. It literally did. Same, same thing, kind of scenario. It's so weird. Um, and it did. It worked out that way because I'd literally had that conversation with her maybe, oh, gosh, it was probably around um, – March or April of 2007. Okay. Um, we had had a, we'd had our first, um, our first child was born in Houston. And, uh, and obviously I was starting to feel that need of needing to stay home more often and the travel sure. was not going to work out. Um, and so that I started having that conversation with her about that point. And, and, and yeah, I mean, it just within a few months that opportunity presented itself. So That's awesome. It was, it was a natural next step. Yeah. And, and that was a great building. I loved that theater. It was fairly new, only maybe just a year and a half old, I think, when I took over. Yeah. Had a great management team, probably the best management team I've ever had at yeah. Cinemark. I mean, hands down. I, I, it's crazy to, that, I mean, to me, that was, I mean, other managers I know would have great teams too, but yeah. that was a great pe- uh, set of people. Well, it makes all the difference um, in the world. Oh yeah. Uh, And I credit, I gave, I told them that, you know, when I, when I left that theater, I said, I'm, you know, even though I'm the person who's leaving and I have gotten a lot of credit for the success of this theater, you know, I said, all of you deserve just as much credit too, because they, they literally supported and so much. So I remember one of my, a couple of experiences at that theater, one that's really my favorite is, is my second child was born. Um, and I remember it was uh, it was in um, uh, late summer, and um, we went to the hospital. We you know were having the baby and everything, and uh, it, it was a couple days that we were there, and I hadn't heard from the theater. You know they hadn't called me, and so I just was like, I need to just check in. Yeah. I just need to call. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm calling, you know, just to check in, and they were like, congratulations, and you know we're talking and everything, and I'm like. I'm like, yeah, it's like, so anything I need to know about anything that's going on? And they're like, no. And why are you calling us? Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> you have more important things to worry about. That's awesome. And, and that really hit me because I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, this is such a great team. Mm-hmm. Like they allowed me to be able to take that opportunity, have the, you know, have the baby and not have to worry about the theater. And that was fantastic. That is awesome. That was such a great moment. Yeah. 
the other the other moment was when we had a hurricane um we had hurricane ike come through um uh, it hit galveston and kind of came up through houston um we lost power for just a little bit um but it did a lot of flooding stuff like that damage um but that team rallied together um during that time and we got the building operational we opened up um schools were closed for about two weeks after the hurricane because of power and flooding and everything um but that was two weeks were like christmas for us yeah. it was like non-stop all day every day and those uh those those managers i mean they they were there every day with me too and it was good it was really great i find it uh it's always interesting to see when you're when you're going through something major you know whether it's like a hurricane or whatever the situation may be to watch everybody come together and really you know level up as a team you know it's just an amazing thing to watch you know like i've mentioned before i've been through a lot of openings and that's when you really see the cream rise and and i mean like my at the bistro my last location so many times i still have i mean that's probably the best team i've had in my career as well and i can you know give them a lot of credit for any success i've had and there's been so many times that the original team is still there we'll sit in the office and we'll just reminisce about the opening and like the challenges that we went through and and how that made us a better theater and a better team and and we just really rose to the occasion so i really like seeing you know teams come through adversity even stronger than they were and really come together yeah. so that's pretty cool i agree i agree so what did you do after cyprus well that's when i made the transition um to corporate um okay. and and became the uh part of the training um and development um and that's actually where our paths crossed a little bit again um yeah. you know it, it was it was a uh, I remember the we were at the we had a general manager con convention that we would go to every year, and I think it was one of the first or second ones that we were attending. Um, you know, we're all in this big giant auditorium getting ready to you know watch a presentation, and our you know director of operations steps up to the podium to start to talk, and he says my name you know he says brandon hobby you need to please go see you know rob um uh, you know after this presentation and i'm like everyone's like looking at me like did he do something you know <laughs> yeah. i'm like oh my gosh but what it was is i had um the the position had been posted and i had expressed interest i had you know reached out and, and expressed interest in the role and so what rob wanted to do is just basically interview me right and so um so i remember we 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 spent time that afternoon together and we just sat down and just did the interview and just mm -hmm. talked um and just kind of really understood what was going to happen what was interesting though was after that um nothing nothing happened mm -hmm. it, i think it was about several months passed and there was just nothing that that transpired at that, that point so yeah. i just went back to business as usual sure. i just left it alone um and then i got the the call again um, and this time it was, can you come to Dallas? Right. And so I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And, and so we flew up, you know, um, and, uh, um, and that's where we all kind of were, were together that you know, during day. that process. That was, it was a, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, one of the weirdest interview processes I think I'd ever been through um, before, yeah. but, um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun to connect with people that I hadn't connected with before at right. before and even been able to talk to before. And for those for those listening, so this was a a position 
um, it was a training coordinator position in the corporate office. And I think six of us were flown to Dallas. Um, I think it were six. I know it was me, you, and Rob for sure, but I can't remember who the yep. other three were. Um, yep. And we had to interview with six different vice presidents all in the same day. So we just rotated around. Um, and like you said, by far one of the, the most unique interview experiences I've ever had and probably the most stressful. And honestly, yes. I'll be honest, my, my, my first one was Damien. And I think that was the most stressful one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but like Steve and I already have kind of a natural rapport. Right. I feel. Um, right. But Damien, maybe it was just cause Damien was my first one, but he, yeah, that was a really stressful one. Partially, I yep. think, because I, I wasn't expecting it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, none of us did. I mean, none of us yeah. knew what to expect. Yeah, yeah. And then we yeah. had to do this this thing where we had to create a module. Yep. Which yep. probably was a lot more down your alley than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm probably, my forte is I'm, I'm a very good, I'm a good teacher, but a creator I am not. And uh, I remember really struggling with that piece. But uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that was uh trial by fire because literally yes. we were taught how to use a piece of software in less than an hour uh -huh. and then we had to sit down at a computer and actually use the software to create something and uh at first i yeah i i think all of us were just like what, is, what are they asking <laughs> us to do yeah and then af after the fact like once i you know i think uh, a couple months later i kind of looked back at it and i was like okay i get it now you know i get what what the intention was it was really you know, can you, can you have someone, you know, create something rapidly? Yeah. Because that was going to be the role, right? You know, you, we need you to do this and it needs to be done in, you know, in yes, less than a day. Can yeah. you do it? Yeah. And yeah. so it was, uh, it was interesting. It was yeah. good. It was a lot of fun. You know, I look back on that and, uh, you know, obviously I, I, obviously I wanted a position. I wouldn't have applied for it. And, uh, yeah. and I remember I'd be, I was bummed that I didn't get it, but in retrospect, I look back on it. You were by far a much better person for the job than then so I, uh, I definitely think kudos to you um, because I don't know I don't know how long I would have lasted in a position like that because I look at everything that you did and I'm like whoo yeah I don't know man <laughs> I could facilitate training but doing all the stuff that you did I don't know. so good job thank you I, I really appreciate that I um I remember the the, the first thing that that hit me uh, what I'd gotten myself into was when I um, you know, I showed up at the, on the first day, um, and Rob was my boss mm -hmm. and, um, we were in the process, the company was in the process of doing the digital transition. We were in that, you know, ready to, to, um, do that rollout for the entire company. And I remember, um, Rob gave me a, a contract, a giant contract, and it was the, um, BCIP contract. Oh gosh. And Rob said, you know, Brandon, he's like, we really need to go through this contract and we really need to understand what we're getting into. Can you take a pass at this contract and read it and, and understand it and, and we'll debrief on it? So, I mean, I dove into it. I mean, I was deep into that contract, going page by page, highlighting, looking for crazy things. And, uh, and we had our debrief, you know, not too long after. Well, in that meeting, he said, well, what did you find? Tell me what you found. And so I did my recap of the whole entire thing. Well, as I'm doing that, I'm realizing he's read the contract already. <laughs> he he's knows. already yeah. read the contract. He already knows everything in here. He wants to know what I picked yeah. up on. He wants to know the details that I picked up on. I, you know, matched up with what he found. 
Yeah. And then it, it like hit me. I'm like, okay, now I know what I'm getting into, mm -hmm. right? Now I know the details. <laughs> He's not going to ask you a question that be... you don't already know the answer to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so that was, and that was kind of fun. It was, uh, it was cool. Um, I, I definitely think the biggest challenge in the role was, you know, when you, when you come from being a GM, you, you know exactly what you're doing every day, right? You know what movies you're going to open, you know what staff you're going to have. Mm -hmm. There's, there's some givens, right? That you're going to do every day. Sure. When you, when you walk into a, an office or a cube where you sit by yourself, there's no one there looking over your shoulder telling you this is what you have to do today. Mm -hmm. There's nobody there that's basically saying you have to do this. And so I had to really create my own, um, you know, agenda time. Yeah. I had to do my own time management. I had to learn, you know, to stay focused and do all those things. And, um, and that was, that was a fun part, but also a big challenging part too, because I had to make that adjustment and understand yeah. it yeah that would be challenging i mean especially if you're not very disciplined which you seem to right. be because when we were trying to schedule this podcast or <laughs> we we're trying to schedule a time to talk and you're like well i've got these time cycles available and i was like holy <laughs> shit this guy really plans it down man <laughs> i'm over here just winging it <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I i would imagine that just takes some serious, serious discipline yeah I, I i learned i learned that pretty early on that that was the most important thing to do was to um because it, it can get away from you i mean oh, that's I, you know i i learned that too and i i while i feel like i am disciplined to a certain degree it still can get away from you i can imagine i can imagine so we've come up believe it or not on an hour and a half you were by far my longest. oh my gosh i know right yeah <laughs> so you're my longest podcast but i don't think we're done talking so I do want to end this now, but I really want to have you come back on because the whole name of the podcast is Karen Isn't Always Right. And when yeah. we chatted about doing this this episode, we were going to talk about both, And but you have such a uh, uh, an interesting career that we got really caught up in, in talking about that. But I also want to hear more about some of the details of what you've done in the, in the home office, but I want to hear about some of your experiences as well. So I'd love to put you on the spot and invite you to come back again uh, in the near future and have you chat even more. So yeah, if that's cool. it'd be my honor. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got some, I've got some great Karen stories. So I definitely want to make sure we, we talk about that as well. That's good. That's good. Awesome. Well, I had a great time, man. And this time like flew by, so I can't wait to do it again. It did. You're right. You're, you're right. All right. Well, with that said, we'll, we'll chat again soon. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. All right. Bye everybody. That's the podcast folks. If you're a fan of Karen Isn't Always Right, you can show your support in two ways. First, please share with your friends and get them listening. Also, please feel free to donate by going to anchor.fm forward slash chris-fry, that's F-R-E-Y, forward slash support. Please visit kairpodcast.com, K-I-A-R podcast.com, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. New episodes are posted weekly on kairpodcast.com, anchor.fm spotify apple and pretty much wherever you can listen to a podcast the views and opinions on this podcast are solely that of the guest and the host and are not representative of any organizations or individuals thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time